I love it. You didn't think you were going to, you know, change the inner workings of my brain here, but you are. (laughs) Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to SOS, a live call-in health show with me, your host, Sonia Rasula. Over the past decade, I've run not one, but three million-dollar businesses, including Unique Markets, which is probably what I'm best known for. And Forbes just named me the millionaire maker for my work helping founders and emerging new brands. In each episode, I take a deep dive into a small biz owner's biggest pain point to help them move forward and to help you and your business move forward. Get ready for some pretty hardcore real talk and tangible advice as I answer questions live in real time. Hashtag awkward. Listen, this podcast exists because most businesses won't make it to three years. And I've witnessed so many entrepreneurs and creatives fail because of tiny mistakes that could have been prevented. If I can make it, I know you can too. And I know that you can have long-term success. I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made. So let me give you all the tea and all the shortcuts. Tune in weekly as I help business owners face their shit. Today's guest is Sonia Smith-Kang, founder of Mixed Up Clothing, a multicultural children's clothing brand that uses fashion as a vehicle for celebrating culture and diversity. And yes, I am talking to another Sonia. Coming from a multicultural background, she wanted her kids to be able to see themselves in their clothing and so started her company to bridge a gap in the fashion space. Sonia is in her eighth year of business And her successful brand can be found in retailers, including Macy's and Belk. But she is ready to take things to the next level and wants to be in more stores and major retailers. Mixed up clothing is quite plentiful with everything from baby and toddler clothes to full lines of apparel for both girls and boys. So her design, production and manufacturing are on point. What Sonia needs help with is exactly how to scale up her business and attract new retailers to keep growing and decide whether to bring on investors. Let's dive in. I'm super excited that you're here with us, Sonia. I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself and about your business. Yes, I am so excited to be here as well. Thank you so much. I am Sonia Smith-Kang. I like to introduce myself as a critical care registered nurse term fashion designer out of necessity. I'm the founder and designer of Mixed Up Clothing, uh, which is a children's wear brand that centers culture and amplifies our diverse stories while introducing kids to other cultures. I love it. And I think there's a little bit more to your story personally, if you can tell me just a little bit about you and your family, I think everyone would love to know. Yeah. So the necessity part was I live an intentional life. I am myself multicultural. I'm Afro-Latina. I'm a proud military brat who was born in Puerto Rico. And then our family was transferred to the Hawaiian island of Oahu. And then after Oahu, I came to California Fast forward, I am married today to my Korean husband, 
And uh, we have four children that are multicultural, multilingual, and living this intentionality uh, of bringing in products that reflected our multiculturalism. I would bring in books, I would bring in music and foods. One of the spots that I noticed that wasn't as easily able to bring in was fashion. I kind of took that as a whole in the uh, children's fashion space. And since I have been sewing since the seventh grade, I figured I could do this. So I, here in Los Angeles, I'd go downtown to our fashion district and I would buy fabrics um, that kind of uh, resonated with us. And I would sew them into fun every day kind of clothes for them. And folks would stop me on the street and ask me about the clothes and ask me about the fabrics. And all of a sudden, they started opening up about their cultures. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to do something more with this. These clothes can be conversation starters. And I wanted to see where that would grow. Okay. And so how many years in is mixed up clothing? Yeah, we're into our eighth year now. And I say that with like this asterisk because, because I was very familiar, I could, you know, with being a registered nurse. That's what I went to school with. And so I feel like my first few years of being with mixed up clothing was like, whoa, what a learning curve, what it was to be an entrepreneur. But often running, I would say within the last few years, it's really taken off into ways that I never thought possible. Okay. And so for everyone listening, mixed up clothing is sold online, sold in numerous places, but also at some big stores. So it's sold at Macy's, right? Yes. We celebrated our first year at Macy's. We are onboarding now with a large retailer that I hope to be able to announce soon. Once the ink is dry, uh, we're also at Belk, which is another large retailer. And uh, of course, some boutiques and online. Yeah. Okay. So your level of success, you're still a founder, you're still a small business, but your level of success is a little higher compared to some of our listeners or some of our past guests. You know, we've had past guests who who have had distribution in Target even, but they're still like, okay, we did that. Now what? No matter what level you're at, the journey never gets easier, to be perfectly honest. Correct. <laughs> There's just new, new challenges. So the challenges that you're currently facing are probably more focused on like, how do we get into more major retailers? Is there another one that you're kind of stuck with or thinking that you need my help with? Absolutely. You know, the pitching strategy, but it's also that tricky spot where now is that transitional period and where one goes now. So I'd like to know without have you know, I've done non-dilutive kind of grant money, but how do I keep that helping advance mixed up clothing? So I would say the next steps would be like in the marketing and then also kind of in the uh, scaling part with financial. Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> okay, really quick, just so I understand, are you thinking about and hoping to attract investors or are you trying to still retain ownership of the company? Yeah, you know, I know your story very well uh, in that, you know, I loved 
you know, some of the things you've said about staying with just you owning a hundred percent, that really resonates with me, but would not be opposed to, you know, maybe some angel investors at some point. Okay. For everyone out there who has, for some reason, not heard my story, which may be the majority of you, I use my 401k to start the business. To be perfectly honest, it wasn't just strategic. It was that I didn't know that there were other options. <laughs> and also, I, I do like doing things myself and having autonomy and want to bring on investors, whether they are family and friends, or you start to actually do rounds of investment. Other people can tell you what to do with the business. And for me personally, I wasn't comfortable with that. But a lot of people, it's how they go from here to then here. So it's a thing to be open to for sure. Also from just an emotional, so not a strategic, but from an emotional standpoint, I think that both of us being women of color, I actually think the ownership part is quite important. That's just my emotional side, not my business side. But I do think that as someone who's a woman of color, it's really important for us to own the things that we're creating and being able to walk away and sell it in the future and like have that life-changing money. Yes. I think that's important to say and get out there that, you know, you have four kids and you're already changing the trajectory of their lives because of what you're doing. But down the road from now, you could be getting a chunk of change that could greatly change the course of like generations, right? You might actually have generational money, which is something that my family didn't have. It's something to think about that I don't think a lot of people don't talk about money in general. But yeah, the ownership thing I think is important and something to be proud of too. So going to throw that out there. I think there is one little elephant in the room that I'd love to talk about and you don't even know it's an elephant. So the company is named Mixed Up Clothing. Yeah. I think that there might be room for a name change or a rebrand. And I only mention this because to me, Mixed Up kind of can have a negative connotation as opposed to being mixed or mix it up. Mixed up sometimes in culture means like, oh, you're mixed up. Like you don't. And because that exists, it doesn't mean one or the other, but because it exists, that's an interesting psychological thing. And so I was like, hmm, I wonder if she would be open to the idea of, you know, maybe it's like mixed clothing or maybe, you know, and you, you go down a branding exercise of like, what are the different ways that I can change this name and still have it resonate, but spin it a little bit. Just something that as I was constantly paying attention to your Instagram and reading your story and going to the website and just kind of taking it in and letting it sit with me, that was one thing that kept creeping up where I was like, mixed up, mixed up. And so, you know, Unique Markets started out Unique Los Angeles, very long name, just going to throw that out there. So then we changed it to Unique LA, which was better, snappier than Unique Los Angeles. But what happens when you start going to different cities? Mm. No one wants to shop in New York at Unique LA. So then we changed the name a third time. And eventually 
changed it to Unique Markets. We are four names in. I won't switch it ever again, but we're four names in. The average person is never going to know that. Really? Okay. I just want to throw out there that the fear of letting go or changing or evolving something that you are attached to right now, right? And the labels probably mixed up clothing. So that there are some things to think about in terms of the reality as a business owner, you'd have to get new labels made for the inside of all the clothes. You'd have to tweak a few things, but what could it be if you were like, I'm starting fresh, we're going to come up with a new name. I think in order to grow larger and attract more corporate, large retailers, that might be a piece of that. It might be more attractive when, boom, they get the deck from you, they get the email, they check the website out, and it's like, oh, I can clearly see this is a really cool thing that I want to invest in. Let's bring her in. Let's look at the line. It's like succinct. Right now, it's mixed up clothing. It's a little long. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I appreciate that as I have been mixed all my life. So I'm actually an expert in multicultural discussion, had numerous conversations around this topic just for the name. You know, we mix and match fabrics from around the world. And then we also are focused on circularity. So it was kind of a mix of both, uh, you know, the upcycling and the uh, circularity with the mix and matching, but your point is valid. I'm amenable. And I think that for me, it is, what is the best way to get to the end goal, which is to make sure that everybody knows about my clothing line and to that knows about the story that it's not just for children that are multiracial, that it's really for anybody who either wants to support, you know, a woman of color. It's for anyone who, you know, wants to learn about another culture. So those kind of things. And I think the best way is taking on some of those points that you talked about, you know, because the folks that are receiving, whether it's a pitch deck or my line sheets may not have the type of experience and life experience, whatever it may be. And so they're kind of coming in looking at just a visual point taken and my collection coming out for spring. So if I am doing some label changes, it would be nice to do that with this collection. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And there are people like another example is Goop. We all know Goop now. Yeah. We all know that brand. Originally it was going to be GP, just her initials. And she talked to an expert and they were like, well, things that have two O's do really well, like Google and Yahoo. This sounds crazy, but it's true. So he suggested adding two O's and goop. And it's kind of like a weird word that then people remember. So there are like these fascinating scientific ways that people come up with names that most small business owners or like sole founders are not thinking about. Another great example of a naming that I know of is a friend of mine, Ellen, owns this company, Headley and Bennett. They make aprons. Of course. Yes. I know. And she was very specific with that because she herself is Latina, but she's also half white. Headley and Bennett, there is no Mexican reference in that name at all, which is very interesting, right? Uh-huh. So her actual last name is Bennett. That's her father. 
And she tried different things, something in Bennett, other, you know, she tried all these variety of names and she knew she wanted a two word name because there's also some weird studies about two words. So her grandfather's last name on one of the was Headley. And that's how she came up with that name. I find that very interesting because as a Latino woman, I would have thought maybe she would put some of that part of her culture into it. But she had read so many books and she is very intentional about business. And so she read all the books and she was like, I'm naming it this with an ampersand and another name, figured out the two names. And then she's just loud and proud about her culture. No one even thinks about it. Right. But Headley and Bennett, and she's become a huge household name. So it is interesting. And throwing that out there. I'm I'm excited either way, obviously. Well, listen, I love her as well and have been following along. She's amazing. So yeah, definitely have her on like a vision board of uh, where I hope to be. Amazing. And I mean, she just started out and out the exact same as you, except you actually knew how to sew. She doesn't know how to sew, (laughs) but she knew she wanted to solve the problem that the aprons that she was wearing when she was a line cook were terrible. So she knew that there were people in LA that could sew. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For me, it was really about uh, solving the problem for my own children. Like I was perfectly content being in, you know, a critical care nurse just going about my business, sewing for as a stress reliever for my kids. But when, you know, things started moving towards, you know, really wanting to center and amplify, you know, their voices and kind of seeing what historically and uh, systemically was happening around us, I knew that, you know, I could, this part could be my contribution mm-hmm. to the efforts of, really kind of living out loud and taking space, literally changing the face of children's fashion by, you know, some of the children that we have as our ambassadors, as our models, you know, different skin tones, hair textures, body types. So very, very much sharing that intentional goals behind what we stand for. Yeah, I love it. I mean, really what you're doing is you're creating a legacy for your family, but you're creating a legacy in general too. That's my goal. Absolutely. This episode of SOS is brought to you by Constant Contact, an easy to use digital marketing platform designed specifically for small business owners like you. With Constant Contact, you can grow your list, send emails and text messages, manage your social accounts and events, and get more done in less time with our AI and automation tools. Constant Contact makes it easy to attract the right people, engage more customers, and grow your business all under one roof. And now, you can get up to 40% off the same email and digital marketing tools used by Sonia and the Unique Markets team for life. Head to constantcontact.com unique to get started and access your lifetime discount. That's constantcontact.com unique. One thing that I wanted to talk about, which I know it's very directly attached to some of the questions that you had. However, it's not the specific question. Like you didn't ask for social media help, but you talked about like, how do you grow to the next level? I believe you are met already by being on this podcast. You're manifesting that you are going to get more accounts in 2024. It will happen. Part of that is obviously 
a mixture of your website and social media. And I say that because the very first thing all people do, whether it's a new customer, someone who saw a kid wearing a piece of your clothes, they say, hey, where did you get that cool sweatshirt? Someone says, oh, here it is. They follow you on Instagram or they go to your website. It's the first thing people do. They search. They go to your website or they go to your Instagram. Your website's fabulous. Oh my God, the photography, the models, the diversity of everyone and all types. It's like, you already know what you're doing. It's all on point. The Instagram to me is a little confusing. And I say this from, I used to be an editor. I used to be a journalist. I was in that world of content creation and media. The one thing I will say about the Instagram is, I love how committed you are to like education because that's part of what we do at Unique Markets. Like we provide education. It's why I do this podcast. Education to me is really, really important. However, I will say this. In a world that is you own a product line, you have fashion for children, and that's really how you make money. That's the entire business. The Instagram is very confusing to me because the Instagram to me looks like you are a media company slash content creator. There is a mix of... And first of all, I will say the design is on point. It's bright colors. It's using the same fonts and the same shapes over and over and over again. There is a very cohesive brand on this Instagram channel, but there's few and far between product, which is interesting. At the end of the day, you are a fashion brand, right? At the end of the day, Headley and Bennett sells aprons. That is how she makes that money. So it's aprons, 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 aprons. She mixes in her personality, right? But when she got investment, one of the first things that happened was they were like, you are on the Instagram channel too much because we need to make sure that it's not you selling the products, but it's your products that speak for themselves. It's your products that are selling the products. So my overall thing currently is that it's you know celebrating National Hispanic Heritage Month. It's teaching people about West Indian Day Parade, but it's almost more than half of the posts on your Instagram channel are celebrating certain aspects of culture, which are amazing. And it's sharing diversity. But where are the products? (laughs) Where are the fabulous pieces of clothing that you work so hard on for every collection, right? Where are all the great colorful fabrics? So what I'm realizing is when you start to approach more brands next year, or even at the end of this year, as you start doing this, you really, really need to And they can scroll and see all of this. They can see that this was where you came from, but it's an evolution of where you're going. And what they should see is product, 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 amazing, adorable models, sweatshirts, you know, leggings, pajamas, but it's, they need to see the product because that's what they're buying. And that's also what your followers are going to buy into. And it's going to be like, I love this photo. It's actually a post about National Sons Day. But this photo is there's a man lying down and the rest of the family kind of in the background, but he's playing and holding up a child. And instantly, this makes me smile. It's a feel good photo and it's just so great. And my whole thing is well, 
dang, if that was a pair of overalls that I could purchase, or if that was a cute striped shirt that they sell, I want to click this post and I want to buy it right away. And currently that's few and far between on your Instagram. So that's my biggest takeaway was that like, it's the sharing of information and helping to teach not just people who are like us, who are multiracial, but teaching everyone. But I believe that you can teach them through your website, through a click-off, through the utilization of maybe a stories highlight that talks about a bunch of this stuff. But it's not a permanent post. And it's not the majority. Because right now, it's literally the majority is very educational. And it should be product. Because at the end of the day, that's what you sell. And that's also what you're so good at. It's like the thing that you love that is your legacy isn't actually shown on this page very much. You're you're absolutely hitting everything. I am an educator. It's the nurse in me. You know, so to your point, I hear you. And I I recognize that now as, as I'm looking through it and listening. And I think it actually goes back to kind of the question about that I had for you, which was about that growth part. And, you know, in the, cause I'm still teaching now that never ends. I understand, you know, I'm not waiting until, uh, so this is all going to be like immediate change, but perhaps it's in, in thinking about what you said, if I had to put an influx of monies, maybe it's removing me from a role like this, that in my mind, it's like, oh my gosh, that's all you do is sell where somebody else is like, no girl, get out the way of yourself. (laughs) And like, no, we need to just hit these products, hit these products. So my takeaway in what you're saying is just like you said, Ellen was like, no, I need to get back to what I'm good at. And that's making these things instead of like, being the face and doing all those kind of things. So it is removing my, I am the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, maybe, but not so much. I like to spin it. I'm going to spin it and say, let's do that. Right. This is what got you here. Everything Mm -hmm. you've done so far has gotten you here and has been successful. Right now you've got 11,000 followers. That is so many more than most small businesses have. So you need to give yourself that pat on the back and you need to realize it's not like you went to school for social media. That's right. None of us did. So it's like, you have to remember that. Okay. What you've done here is phenomenal. Like absolutely amazing. Now it's time because you want to know about growth. Your big question was, how do I grow and how do I attract more retail clients? And it's this. It's changing it up and focusing on the fabric. And it also, it's not to say that you don't do the same storytelling, right? You can still storytell about, you know, let's say Rosh Hashanah, but it's in the post. It's the copywriting that's within the post that talks about it. And maybe it's because there's a specific fabric. Maybe it's that you decide to feature something that is, maybe there is a specific fabric that you have designed over the years, or maybe there was a product that you thought about when designing X, Y, or Z, you share that story, but the photo and the thing that's featured is still your actual product. <laughs> I got you. So coming up is Dia de los Muertos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is the implementation part. 
I have a print that has the calaveras or the skulls and all the, you know, parts of, you know, celebrating uh, the holiday that are very uh, traditional that I could see that being like, hey, what are parts of like the ofrenda that the calaveras and the catrinas and all that, which are on the fabric? Yes. I, I see it. I got you. Yes. I love it. Yes. And so there you go. And you know what? Most people only scroll a little bit. So you could just be intentional. Like I need 12 posts to kind of push the other stuff down and good to go. Gotcha. Love it. Okay. And my only other tiny little thing is currently in your, your bio, it's sold at Macy's. Then you get into you and the impetus behind the brand. I think that should be first. You and your story and what cuz you're solving a problem. You're, you know, that should be first. This where you're sold is next. I will say this, the only thing about you saying sold at Macy's, it's brand recognition which is great cuz people know that name. They're like, "Oh, wow." But you only mention one currently. And so other big retailers who may not know that currently Macy's is actually the only big retailer they sell to are like, wait, is there a deal? Is something happening there? So maybe instead of tagging them like that, it's, you know, sold at Macy's, but without the at, so it's not clickable, sold at Macy's, Belks, and more coming in 2024. So that your potential retailers are like, ooh, I'm excited. There's a, it's not a partnership with Macy's. That's you. Who is, you know, a competitor to them. (laughs) Yeah, no, I absolutely, I hear you. And yeah, this is really fantastic. You know, without getting heavy up in here, you know, I talk about to my kids about taking space and I'm seeing here, giving myself permission to own that. I love it. You didn't think you were going to, you know, change the inner workings of my brain here, but you are. (laughs) I think it's a challenge for me to kind of, you know, not tell the story because I'm very proud of that. But I feel like others uh, would be like, oh, wow, maybe that's giving validity. And there's validity in my story. And I think I need to, I need to share that more. Absolutely. And, and I'll take it back to the website. So, you know, kind of downplaying, not downplaying Macy's, but making it so that there's room for others. and where you can really capitalize on those name brands and those recognizable retailers is right here on your homepage, which you haven't done. You have so much amazing information on your homepage, a scrolling homepage with content and photography. And there's this great photo of you and your mission. The homepage is so amazing. I can't like her homepage. Everyone is doing all the things that should be on the checklist. You can shop. There's more storytelling about the mission. There's actual storytelling about the actual fabrics, like comfortable, conscientious, representing culture. Like this homepage is amazing. The one thing that you don't have on this homepage, which I'm just going to throw out as a to-do item for you is you don't have like, let's say the Macy's logo, or you've got some like great media, like you have had some really, really big press. 
you should 100% somewhere on this homepage have a a little bar that shows the logos because we are visual creatures and it's recognizable. I see the Macy's logo. I see like uh, here, Let what are some of the big media press things that you've gotten? Well, I was just on KTLA uh, celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. The Today Show, NPR. There you go. I mean, these are like, you can't get better than the Today Show, you know? That is big time. And so don't wait for people to click that media page. Right on your homepage, you need to be shouting loud and proud, the Today Show logo, KTLA's logo, right? NPR's logo, and then Macy's and the stores. So people know that this is the level of success. This is the level of quality product that they are going to get from you if they order from you. And so that should change immediately on your homepage because people need a sense of trust to help buy into actually clicking that purchase button and doing the full checkout. When they see those logos and that you've gotten that type of notoriety, it means that people that they know are giving their stamp of approval to you and want to, want to help you share your story. And so I would do that immediately. Will do. Consider it done. <laughs> well, it's not like we talked about dollars or finance at all, but I knew that when you were asking for help and I was really digging into your story and your products, I was like, you know what? This is actually just a few tweaks that I think will really help her when she walks into that room or when she connects with people over email. It's like definitely tweaking the Instagram. And also just because people who work in large retailers, the buyers and everyone who they have to get buy-in from who are holding all the dollars, they're not creatives. They're people who go in and out of work, work a nine to five. And so they're suits at the end of the day. And so they're like, well, I know that TikTok and Instagram are very popular, I'm telling you, the first thing that all of these corporate people do, they check your Instagram. They want to know, like, how does this company represent themselves? They want to know who they're working with. And so getting that Instagram tightened up, I think, is going to do wonders. And then a few of those tweaks and almost like a a rebranding exercise, giving yourself permission. Now you you are eight years in. You're about to take this next leap. Now is the time to... Do all those branding exercises that you may not have given yourself time to do because you were like, I need to figure out this business. How do I do the accounting? Like it's all the running the business stuff. Now it's like, okay, let me do more mood boards. Let me look at logos and redoing logos. Let me look at all of these things and tighten up the brand and just start sending those line sheets out. Perfect. I love it. So I hear two running things and I I love it. So this is going to be. My tightening era. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I feel like, isn't there a song? It's like, get it tight, get it right or something. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. That is hilarious. Yes, there is. (laughs) Different reference, but you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the theme of this podcast. And I can't wait to watch you grow because obviously I, I relate very deeply to the work that you're doing and like, yeah, when I was a kid and still to this day, I do not I do not see enough representation with people who are biracial and multiracial. Where it's like somehow you're only one thing or the other. You're never like everything. Yeah. No, for sure. And you know, the Sonyas have to stick together. So I hope you continue to 
you know, jump in. And I thank you so much for, you know, the work that you do. And, you know, this won't be the end of me. Absolutely not. Thank you. Today's top takeaways include number one, sometimes the next step for growth is to take a step back and rebrand or even rename a business. Believe it or not, names have a craft and convention to them. There's a psychological component of branding that comes through in the word choice for your company's name. So get opinions from friends, family, and your community. And remember that you can completely rebrand and the average person would probably never know it. And the bonus is that starting fresh may attract retailers, the press, and potential investors to get on board. Number two, social media accounts are absolutely for building a sense of community. But as a business account, don't forget, you are there to sell. The focus of your posts should really be all about your products. Keep in mind that your account is there to share your brand's visual identity, tone, and feel. Again, always going back to the products. Storytelling can always be done in your captions in the writing, but the imagery in the post itself should be about highlighting the products. Number three, bringing on investors can help you grow to the next level, sure, but be prepared for other voices to have input. Before taking investment, decide on how important sole ownership of the company is for you. Keeping full ownership allows you to sell the company later for a profit that could be life-changing. And having investors allows you to scale up fast. But I like to remember what Biggie said. Often it means mo money, mo problems. If SOS has helped your business, I would love to hear from you. The best thing you can do to help spread the word is give us a five, that's right, five-star rating, and remember to leave a review, which helps the algorithm bump us up in the charts. Also, remember to tell your friends. You can follow me on Instagram at Sonia Rasula, that's S-O-N-J-A-R-A-S-U-L-A, and you can follow my business at Unique Markets. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to subscribe. And if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow. And thanks so much for listening.